What is going on, everyone? I'm Steve. I am at FF by Committee. Today is maybe the biggest day we will ever have here on the Fantasy by Committee podcast. I am joined by Michelle and Kate Majuk. Guys, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. I am so excited. Michelle works over at the NFL Network. Kate's with DraftKings Nation. Guys, are you ready to dive into fantasy football? I am. We have a fun show today. You put together a lot of fun segments and a lot of players that I have, um, you know, rather strong opinions about. So, and you know, I love to, I love to dig into fantasy football. So yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. All right. Well, time to hear the second best behind the ball blast teams intro on the internet. Guys, it's time for fantasy by committee. Let's go. That was beautiful. Oh. Boom. <laughs> Thank you. Big shout out to my friend Ben Michaels over at Ben Michaels Music on TikTok for making our song. I will take credit for all the graphics because it took me a ton of time on my crappy laptop <laughs> to do so. All right. I'm going to play one more little song here real quick because we're diving into our first segment right away. And that's... We are buying and selling players in fantasy football, and some of these are going to hurt either my feelings or the listeners' feelings, or maybe even your guys' feelings. Kate, Michelle, are you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Are you ready to go, I think, is the real question, Steve. This this first question, I don't know if I'm ready for the answer. I hope You're I'm not. ready for the answer. Oh, no. They already know the question. <laughs> They're prepping me in advance. All right, here we go. It's the buy or sell time. Do you buy or sell that Antonio Gibson is still the running back to roster in Washington. All right, Steve, I'm so sorry. I know you're a huge Antonio Gibson fan and that's great. He needs some love and support because there's not a lot out there for him right now, but I'm going to, I'm going to just fast forward here. There is no running back to roster in Washington. And that's the actual answer here. Cause Steve, it's a, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a crap show. It's going to be, uh, not fun. I might end up with Antonio Gibson on some of my rosters because the hate is going absolutely insane. Like there have been some drafts where he's being taken in the eighth and ninth rounds. Yes, I will Absurd. draft Antonio Gibson if it comes to that. But it, you know, because like what else are you drafting in that range that has the kind of upside that Antonio Gibson has? Right. But Steve, like we got to read the signals here and the Washington commanders have been sending out warning signals all off season long. And we kind of just put our fingers in our ears and we we're like, la, 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 la. And then the draft came, they draft. No, you, you got it to <laughs> unplug the, unplug your ears. Cause the, the commanders have been kind of trying to tell us like, Antonio Gibson had a phenomenal season last year, despite, uh, you know, a myriad of injuries that I was kind of just expecting any day now, like this dude's going to leave the field and his season's going to be over. Like, that's yeah. just what I was expecting. But he overcame that. He had a fantastic season, had some fumbling problems, but all off season, the commander seemed pretty interested in various running backs in, in the pre-draft process. Like, they were doing their due diligence on the running back position and they used some top 30 visits. I think they had, did they have Brees Hall in for a top 30 visit? That's where I should have done my research. Um, but they, they did, they did a lot of digging on the running back position in the pre-draft process. And I think if you are going into the season with the, the dedication to Antonio Gibson, I don't think you do necessarily as much homework on the running back position in the pre-draft process. Am I wrong? I mean, they, they did end up taking a running back, so that's why but they're that's, doing yeah, yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, they they were doing the, the, but they didn't draft him in the first or second round. It was 
but we see this all the time happen, right? Where a rookie comes in and we're like, oh man, the vet died. It's like, no, the, typically the rookie, it takes a while for them to be utilized in the regular season. Now this preseason is, could not have gone worse for Antonio Gibson, Literally. but I'm still buying that he's the running back to roster. If you so badly want to roster a commander running back for whatever reason that might be, but he is on the clearance rack right now. There's a reason he's on the clearance rack, and there normally always is, right? Whatever shirt you you find on there, there's normally like either a weird pattern or a stain or something. A button fell off. You know, it, but this is an Armani suit accidentally on the clearance rack, right? Like that's I, what's happening here. I think the Armani suit fumbled a few buttons, and yes, obviously he has a short <laughs> leash, but. I, I do think Brian Robinson steals some carries from him. I'm okay with that. Like, if this means they're going to utilize him more in the passing game, which Ron Rivera did come out and say this week, like, we want to get him the ball in space. That's where he's the best. If that's how they plan to do it, that's fine. And last year, he had the fourth highest percent of his team's touches last year behind only Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor, and Joe Mixon. So there's room for him to come down in those touches while he's healthy and still be a good fantasy running back I think he still will get some touchdowns hopefully his targets go up so I'm fine to take him and people are kind of overblowing the Brian Robinson thing it's like he's been fine I he think he hasn't been that great he received I, a I would, I would argue he's been very very mediocre at this yeah. point yeah a 62 PFF rush grade I mean 14 carries, 57 yards. Like, sure, it's fine, but it's not like he's killing it out there. I think the issue is that you have both of them in the same mix. And, like, if we're comparing Brian Robinson and what he's done in the preseason to other running backs, I don't know, like a Damian Pierce, yes, doesn't doesn't exactly sparkle and shine. But when you compare it to what Antonio Gibson's looked like, and you see both of them in the same offense, on the same field, with the same starters, Brian Robinson has looked better. And again, I don't I don't really think uh like I'm I'm not targeting Brian Robinson in any stretch of the imagination. And I'll absolutely let Antonio Gibson fall to me, but I'm not actively pursuing him like you are, Steve. I just I I gotta love my guy Antonio Gibson. We're loyal, we're we're loyal here at Fantasy by <laughs> Committee. All right, well, let's move on to the next question then. And this one's kind of, this one, I I do want to end this last segment by saying that Ron Rivera is basically this generation's Jeff Fisher. I tweeted that and I'm going to keep saying it <laughs> until I'm blue in the face. I like, like that. Like, I don't like Ron Rivera. He's so, a likable. He's a likable guy. Yeah. He's a likable guy, but a bad coach. Yeah, I can see that. All okay. right. Michelle. I feel like guilty even saying that. I don't. I don't know why. I, I mean, feel right, like. because like people like him, and like no one wants to hear that. But the truth of the matter is, he's he had one really good season, and then like he's been bad ever since. Yeah. So that's fair. You know, what have you done for me lately? All <laughs> right, Michelle and Kate, can Justin Jefferson believably break either Calvin Johnson's yardage record or Randy Moss's touchdown record this season? Oh, I'm going to sell that he would come close to Randy Moss's touchdown record. That's 23 touchdowns with Adam Thielen there. You know, he's going to steal a lot of touchdowns. I don't think he comes close to that. But I will buy that he can possibly beat uh, Calvin Johnson's receiving yard record. The biggest thing that has to happen is that the Vikings have to pass a lot more, right? And that's what this offseason's been about. Everyone on the team is saying this is going to be uh, a heavier pass offense and all that good stuff. Now they did have 604 pass attempts last year. So that, that was like close to top 10. So they'll have to get up to like top five for this to happen. But he had 167 targets last year, 29% of his team's target rate. They're going to have to get up to that, like 650 team targets. And he's going to have to stay at that same target rate. And then he'll ha hit like 190 targets and then I think it's possible because Calvin Johnson that year had 204 targets. Cooper Cup last year when he almost broke it had a 191 targets. Julio Jones back in 2015 when he had close to 1,900 yards, he had 203 targets. So, like, his targets have to still go up a large chunk from last year. You know, if this offense is as pass-heavy as they're saying it's going to be and he's as open and has as much space to work as Justin Jefferson has been um, you know, talking about this offseason, I, I think it's possible. 
Yeah, I I also think it's possible. And like looking at what he did um, in his second season in the NFL, like we actually saw a little bit of regression. We saw an increase in that target share, but there was some decrease in efficiency in terms of his uh, yards per reception, uh, almost a 6% lower catch rate. Uh, so like imagine we balance that out a little bit, maybe um, make up uh, for a little bit of that lost yard uh, yards per reception in the 2021 season based on the offense and the scheme getting him open and allowing him to get uh, some extra yardage there. I really like this, but Michelle, I'm with you. I think as long as Adam Thielen is there, it's going to be very, very hard for him to sniff any kind of touchdown record. Now, even with Adam Thielen being older, coming off an injury, you guys still think that he is the touchdown magnet in Minnesota that he has always been. You know, I I think Justin Jefferson can get more than 10 that he had last year, but I still don't think he gets, I don't even know if he gets more than 12. In 2021, I felt like Thielen was hurt, even though he was playing. I I don't know. I just feel like he wasn't 100% himself at all during the season. He still put up 10 touchdowns. Year before he had 14 touchdowns. Like he is that touchdown guy there. So I just don't think there's enough to go around to both of them to for Justin Jefferson to get 23 or 24 touchdowns he would need. Like he can get more than 10, sure, but I don't see a world if Thielen's like out there that he gets he sniffs 20. Well and I think like that's kind of like you know Thielen's niche. And I think that kind of especially becomes the case, especially once he's a little bit older and maybe loses some of that finesse. Like where can you use them? Maybe in those short yardage yardage situations where you don't have to worry about him, you know, being athletic enough to make a uh, good separation right. down the field, like just toss it up to him and I'll catch it in the end zone and score your points, which is what he's been doing to this point. Like, I think he's just carved out that role for himself. I still think he's um, every bit the player that he, he once was, he's got a, um, a whole off season to get perfectly healthy reports have been fantastic uh, just about um, his, his overall like look and burst. It, like they're saying right. he looks like the Adam Thielen of old. And I, I, I love this offense. I love everything about uh, all of these players for fantasy. I love Adam Thielen. I think he's a great value. Justin Jefferson is my wide receiver one, but Still selling. All right. All right. We'll take wide receiver one for sure. Wide receiver one, baby. We like that. Wide receiver one as well. Awesome. Then across the board, we're wide receiver one on Justin Jefferson. Fantastic. So we're in agreement on that. Like that's. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Now the touchdowns, right? So here's the only reason I think he could, right? So Cooper Cup had, what did he have? 18 last year or something like that. Uh, Uh, Yeah. Off the top, either 18 or 16. I'll look it up while you talk. So. Where he's playing the Cooper Cup role from Cooper Cup's former offensive coordinator. Now, can we all agree if you're taking just a wide receiver, never mind the scheme, we're taking Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup, like the guy, right? Yes. So if Cup's putting up 16 to 18 touchdowns, in my mind, I'm like, is Justin Jefferson able to get open six more times than that in the red zone? And I think he might be able to. I would still put the money on the yardage record. I agree 100% that the yardage record is the far more attainable one. But if he broke Moss's touchdown record this year, I don't think I'd be stunned that he did it. So Cooper Cup was at 16. So he would need eight more touchdowns. And Cooper did Cup Cooper had have, last year. Did Cooper Cup have two rushing touchdowns? I don't know. We're talking just receiving touchdowns okay. now. Yeah. So uh, that would be a lot more because, like, think of Cooper Cup's last year last year. Yeah, it was insane. He was so and he insane. Would need, you would still need eight more touchdowns. That just seems like I don't think anyone's ever going to touch Randy Moss's record. Like, that was just an absurd season. As a Patriots fan, it was amazing to watch. But yeah, until the end. But we don't <laughs> talk about that. So, <laughs> all right. On to the next question for you guys. Um, Elijah Moore. Does do you buy or sell that Elijah Moore has a top ten ceiling this season in the NFL for redraft fantasy? 
I'm selling and it makes me sad because I love Elijah Moore. This was my dude. I feel like I don't get enough credit for the Elijah Moore. Like he was my Zach That's Moss. That's because you're getting enough hate for the Zach Moss issue. Yeah, like- but he, he was my Zach Moss last year. We don't say that word. So by the way, Zach Moss is killing it, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. <laughs> don't do it again. Bail. Yeah, it again. Bail out. Well, I was all I was talking of Elijah Moore all draft season and then all preseason and everyone no one was on him until all of a sudden all the preseason hype happened and I get no credit for that just hate on Zach Moss but I and I still love him I think he's an amazing talent I think he has like the ceiling to be a top ten wide receiver in his career at some point I just don't think so this season because you're looking around, they have Garrett Wilson, they have Corey Davis, they have two running backs they can utilize in the passing game and Brees Hall and Michael Carter. They have two tight ends they brought in and they seem to be wanting to use them this offseason in practice reports and preseason games and CJ Uzama and uh, Tyler Conklin, who actually looks like he might be the starter there. Um, so, And then you look at the quarterback and it's either like you're starting with Joe Flacco and then you get Zach Wilson coming off a knee injury. I do like Zach Wilson. and I think he's talented. I just don't think this year is going to be the year where he supports a bunch of these players in fantasy. I, I, I don't think there's enough valuable targets to go around in this offense to get Elijah Moore that high. I have him as my wide receiver 25. I won't be shocked if he ends as a top 20 guy, but I can't get him close to top 10. I think I have him in my top 12. Like that's Ooh. how high I'm bullish on Elijah Moore right now. That's a hashtag ballsy take. Listen, one day I want to give a ballsy take on the ball blast. You heard <laughs> it right here first. Um, <laughs> we can make that happen. Oh, I love you guys so much. Um, yeah, right now I have him. I'm sorry, wide receiver 13. I have him at 92 catches, 1,200 yards, and eight touchdowns Ooh, going into the year. You are a believer. So you I believe am- in the Jets' quarterbacks, and you believe that they're going yes. to target yes. Elijah Moore much more than the other guys. I do. I actually see Zach Wilson as a very talented quarterback in this league, and this is going to sound blasphemous to any Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I see a lot of Antonio Brown in Elijah Moore. I that was my comp. Yep. <laughs> Before last year, the, the coming Michelle, out of the draft. I feel like Zach Moss sank you on this. Like you should. Like you just. You, you were harder on. I listen. I I've loved your guys' Twitter, and I can tell you, I don't remember a single thing about Elijah Moore coming out of your Twitter. You're and I love to, you guys. You're gonna have to go search it. I'm gonna like type in blast of Elijah Moore. I look like my one comp, of those. Oh my my comp for him was Antonio Brown. I'm gonna look like those sad people that like bring up takes from like four years ago, and I'll be like, "Was this you?" Like, <laughs> listen, when Zach Moss balls out this year, I'll have the last laugh. I'm just kidding. With who and with what? I just, <laughs> oh my god! I, talk about a backfield I want nothing to do with. Yeah, Buffalo. same. I, I'm not touching that backfield. <laughs> Kate, Elijah Moore, top ten ceiling. No, <laughs> that's I it. Just, Are you no. over? <laughs> I, so I actually, I really like what the Jets are building. I'm like excited for this team and their overall trajectory. But for me to buy into Elijah Moore, who again, like both of us super high on, love him as a prospect, um, like best hands in the draft class. And for me to buy in means I also have to buy into the quarterback position. And honestly, like thinking of the missed reps uh, that we're going to we're going to see with Zach Wilson out of uh swing of things for a little bit. I worry about like even when he returns is he going to be a little rusty? Like he already had a lot of rust on him to begin with. Yeah, Take yeah. him out in these valuable reps uh in the preseason that I think he very much needs uh in order to develop as a quarterback. Like those I think are kind of critical. And he's not going to get those. He doesn't get that extra time in with his receivers to build that rapport. Like Joe Flacco is probably the best shot for Elijah Moore to be a top 10 wide receiver. I think, I think Elijah Moore could have a monster week one with Joe Flacco and Joe Flacco's revenge game. Like, yes, I'll buy, I'll buy in Elijah Moore top 10 for maybe like weeks one through three with Joe Flacco with Joe, as long as Joe Flacco. Do you trade? Do you trade him? Yes. Like then you trade pop off three weeks. Only in redraft. I would think about trading. Yes. Still want him in dynasty. Yes. Yes, Yes, absolutely. So, all right. So Jake and I had a mini exchange on Twitter about this next guy. Um, and 
he is my running back five on the year. Projected 1,000 rushing yards, 72 receptions, 600 receiving yards, and 13 touchdowns. Is DeAndre Swift a top five running back this season? I'm also selling this. Don't hurt me. I'm selling. No! Um, he's he's my RB10, I believe. Um, I wrote this somewhere. RB10. So it's not like I hate him. Uh, it's just I, I can't get him as high as others. Like people like think he, you know, is a league winner and a top five guy and has potential to be the RB1. Like I don't see all of that. I see a kind of consistent running back maybe this year due to, you know, targets um, and a better offense. But he was RB12 in fantasy points per game last year uh, from before his injury from weeks one through 11. If we don't even want to include the injuries, he was RB9 in points per game. And my biggest worry is that during that time when he was the RB9 and it was fantastic, it was Anthony Lynn that was the offensive quarter coordinator for the Lions, and he loves to target him some running backs. Like, Loves it. So much. He had the Austin Eckler um, and with the Chargers. He, he just loves it. Now, they started 0-8-1, and then Anthony Lynn. That's not good, is it? No, Anthony Lynn got his play calling rights taken away, um, <laughs> and after that, they started to utilize the wide receivers. And they were so much better. The team only scored 20 plus points one time for week 12. Swift gets hurt. They then start targeting their wide receivers with their new play callers and not their running backs as much, specifically Amon Ross St. Brown. And they scored 29 points, 30 points, 29 points, and 37 points in four of those last six games. Again, they never scored, or they only scored more than 20 points once. From weeks one through 12 when they had Swift, when they were utilizing him as a pass catcher. And so I just don't think that same target share is going to be there. Now they they brought in DJ Chark. Hopefully, you know, TJ Hawkinson can stay healthy. Jamison Williams was just put on um, the reserve pup list. So he will be out for the first four weeks at least. But he will be there at some point in the season. I don't think the targets is the same. And then Jamal Williams is going to get a lot of the snaps. And a lot of the carries and some of the goal line work. I can't get Swift that high. I can't do it. Oh. I can't either. Um, and oh actually, Michelle, we <laughs> um, so we actually just released our ball blast consensus running back rankings episode. So I, I have them at nine. I'm not. Spo- yeah. Spoiler alert: Michelle's actually the Links highest. Links in the description, guys. Yeah, <laughs> Michelle's actually the highest on DeAndre Swift among the three of us on this podcast. Uh, I have him as the RB eleven this season, and very much for the similar reasons in the fact that I do worry that uh, this offense is diversifying a little bit. Like they are getting more weapons involved. As they, they need to, because past yes, absolutely back, as they need as to. As the only guy, like it didn't work for them. It did. I mean, it, it did. Work. It's not going to work. You can't sustain an entire offense on the back of one running back. Um, so do I think that there's room for increase in terms of his efficiency? I do, because uh, I think this is just going to be a better offense in general. But in terms of target share, uh, Jake has him all the way down to RB16. That That is that's uh, too low. That's too low. too low. That's too low. Um, we had the, like I said, I was I had I gave him I gave it a listen and he was like, you should listen at this point. And I was like. Yeah, you made good points, but I'm not listening. So. He does make good points. <laughs> Makes I, amazing points. He's coming he on does. at some point, too. He does make really good points, which made me even more scared. Like DeAndre Swift won't be on any of my rosters because he's going before the RB9. So like, I'm not going to take him, and I'm just worried about certain things. I will say it does seem like from Hard Knocks, Deuce Staley is really teaching him how to just get through the hole and run and stop like playing like in the back of the line and getting caught because – he hasn't been the best rusher in the NFL. Like he's no, been a he pretty uh, mediocre rusher. He's a boomer bust um, rusher. He he really relies yeah. on those long plays. But it seems like just in the last preseason game, well, you see not I guess not their last one, but the last one on Hard Knocks, you see Staley like just run, just run up the middle, like stop going to the outside. And he gets in trouble, and then finally he does it, and he he had a nice chunk gain. And so if he's being coached the right way, and he can get better, then. I still just don't see the upside of top five for him. Yeah. Right. I want to get there. And I think like, I do think there's tremendous upside if everything were to go right. Like he's a talented player. He's a really talented receiver, but 
everything has to go right for DeAndre Swift and everything has to go wrong. I think for everybody else, like TJ Hawkinson uh, is going to return. DJ Chark would have to get hurt. TJ Chark. Jamal Williams would have to get hurt. Uh, obviously, if Amon Ross St. Brown, that would be massive if he went down because I think he's going to lead the team in targets pretty easily. Yeah. I don't. So I don't know. But I'm sorry to burst your bubble there. There's a couple bubbles that have been burst in this <laughs> little segment, which means it's time for me to move on to a new segment because that one hurt my feelings. So <laughs> we're going to go to our next segment, which I lovingly call. Right, week one is right around the corner, and that means we're going to talk week one starter sits. These can be just quick little answers as to why you think we should start or sit these guys in their matchups. So let's start with Justin Fields, week one against San Francisco. Set. Ooh, you know what? Set. Jimmy Ward. Set. Is, Jimmy Ward, their, their starting safety, is likely – not. I shouldn't say likely, but he's dealing with a pretty serious hamstring injury. And I don't think they're going to rush him back because without him, they're going to be so screwed. Like they don't even have a second average safety. It's so bad. And then if they have two bad safeties back there, it's going to be nice for Justin Fields. I do think Darnell Mooney could get shut down because Traverius Ward has been a shutdown corner for the Chiefs. And now he's with the 49ers and he's been killing it there. I feel like they're a really good run defense and they're going to sack Justin Fields like 500 times. Zero plus zero. Line. Zero plus zero. I don't know. Zero. I don't know. I feel like he's going to have some big chunk plays through the air. Michelle's like, everything's going to go terribly, but start him. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. I would, I would prefer not to start him. But Michelle is like, don't want. I mean, Michelle, like the thing is like, who are you? Who are you sitting Justin or who are you starting Justin Fields over? I will say I have Justin Fields as my QB five this year. Ooh, oh my, my Lord. God. You we are very different. Woo. You are ballsy. I mean, for me, it comes down to offensive line. Uh, I I don't want any part of that offensive line. I don't want any part of, like, I love Justin Fields. Love Justin Fields, the prospect. Hate his situation right now so very much. Like, But garbage time, while it doesn't matter in the game, matters in fantasy. And I think we're going to get a lot of garbage time running and passing out of Justin Fields. If he doesn't get destroyed mentally. If he doesn't get hurt or, yes, suffer some sort of PTSD, he will. Nick Bosa might have seven sacks. The the thing is that, like, Justin Fields could end up being, what was it, 2016 Blake Bortles? That was just, like, the king of garbage time, QB4. Yeah. Like, that could be fantastic. But at least Blake Bortles had Allen Robinson. But Justin Fields has Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney is not Allen Robinson. Yet. Yeah. Okay. We'll see if he can beat like double coverage and that. Like, who else do they have to cover? Nobody. It's Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah. That's about it. I would definitely like not start any other bear besides Mooney and Fields, though. All yeah. right. How about the next guy, Brees Hall against Baltimore? No. Nope. No desire to do that. No. No desire to start Brees Hall, the generation running back. I'm fine with drafting him. I'm not starting a rookie running back that is going to be competing with Michael Carter for uh, touches, at least in the beginning of the year. I mean, we saw Jonathan Taylor, an amazing prospect, not get touches to start his career. Like, it takes a second. I don't ever want to start a rookie running back. Like, Najee Harris, I was okay with starting last year because you knew he was the guy. It's a a Tomlin system. You start any any running back that's going to play for Tomlin, you start. Yeah, exactly. And I just Najee don't think Harris, that's what my RB1 is. on the year. <laughs> <Plug that laughs> He's my RB2. Oh. And it's not like oh, they're playing the Texans or something or, or some team that just get destroyed. Yeah, on the he ground. got thrown right to Baltimore. That's rough. Yeah. That's so like, I, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. I'm fine with drafting Brace Hall and like waiting on him to get his turn and to get a lot of the touches, but I'm not starting in week one. The issue is, Michelle, if you draft Brace Hall, you're probably drafting him relatively high. So, Essentially, you're saying you yeah, have. Yeah, but you could draft like Rashad Penny later, and I'd rather start him. But over... you're going to burn a fourth round pick, third round, fourth round pick, and then not start them? <laughs> I'm not drafting pre Saul on anything, but I'm saying if you do want to, oh! you know, if you so do want to draft, draft him, him, like you came out, you're like, oh, I'd still draft him now. It's like, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't even touch I, him. <laughs> I, like if he fell and there was like not, it would depend on who's on the board. I haven't been taking him 
in anything, but I'm not like against Brees Hall. I think he's very talented. I just don't know how much he's going to have to split this backfield. And again, it's the Jets offense. Like we just expect all these guys to be great when they were like the worst offense in the league last year. And we just expected all the change in one off season. It'll get better, but how much better? Yeah. I think the Jets are building like one of these, um, what, how do they like the, uh, what's the thing called the little, uh, crock pot? like low and slow. Like, I think that's how the Jets are building this offense, low and slow. And it'll turn out delicious someday. But we're going to have to be real patient. And I think Brees Hall is a part of that being patient. Like, I have him finishing as RB20 this year. And I think that feels about right. And I, I think that there's going to be some ups and downs, like along with this offense. I do think... think, You think this is the year that historically over the last five to six, seven years, like running back, rookie running backs, especially have finished top 10 frequently. We've seen it happen. I think every year almost, but doesn't have to be Brees Hall. Oh, Oh. Oh. don't bury the lead. Like, no, I, I don't like really this. have one, but like, oh, you can't just tee it up like that and then say no. Damian, Damian Pierce might have That's, the same chance as Brees Hall. That is my it. guy this year. Like, I would, I would sooner take Damian Pierce at his call. At his, no, yeah. period. I oh, mean, well, obviously, I'm not going to draft Damian Pierce in the fourth round, but I, I think they'll probably finish within a couple of spots of each other, and I think that. I'm projecting at least more consistency for Damian Pierce in the touches department. Just take Travis Etienne over Brees Hall and you'll be fine. Oh, don't take Travis Etienne. That's my And then guy. draft then no, draft Damian no. Pierce. Uh man, I like I That's know. That's definitely you love gonna us. be my tagline on this thing. Like my little clickbait title is gonna be like Kate says Damian Pierce in the fourth round. <laughs> Damian Pierce, fourth round. Take it or leave it. I'm going to take it. No, you're not. You're going to confuse people. I'm joking. Okay. Okay. Yeah, don't. But I'm just saying, people. like, I actually, I project Damian Pierce. That was like my ballsy take this year is that he'll finish as a top 24 running back. And that was the weekend before the, the week before the preseason game. So, yeah, everybody jumped on the bandwagon real quick. But guess who's driving the bandwagon, baby? It's me. Yeah. I'm behind I jumped the on the bandwagon. I will say I didn't do it until after he got that preseason game, but he did jump into my top 24. So I'm with you on Damian Pierce in the top 24. All right. Here's a deep dive one that now I feel like I know the answer to. I cannot pronounce this guy's name, so forgive me. It's Nick Westbrook Ikeen versus the New York Giants. No. No, no. Why would you ever have to start him in week one? I don't know. You're in a 15 team league. (laughs) Like, no, (laughs) no, I'm not getting cute there. I know he's ahead of Traylon Burks right now and all that. But like, I think Robert Woods is going to be the dude in this offense. And and then it's actually Austin. Austin Hooper will get his targets. And then it's going to be the Derrick Henry show, especially against the Giants. Like they're not going to have to pass a ton to beat the Giants. So I'm not even considering starting him not in dfs i'm not getting cute there either like no no that was more that was more who he was geared toward was the daily fantasy sports stuff all right so we're a consensus no on what's broken right yeah all right last guy on buy or sell david njoku versus carolina (sighs) i'll buy I'll buy. So you start. You'll, you'll all right. So we got I'll one start. Him. One of these guys is starting. <laughs> I haven't looked into the Panthers. You know how good they were against tight ends last year. But Jacoby Brissett, he has to target somebody. I mean, he has Amari Cooper. I guess we've seen Jacoby Brissett like you with the Colts. He was willing to utilize ends. the tight end position. Um, if Jack Doyle can have a good season with Jacoby Brissett, then. David yes. Njoku definitely can. And like we know the ceiling for Njoku is so much higher than way higher. Jack Doyle. Uh like just Jack phenomenal. Doyle like he was running through mud. How that guy ever got open is beyond <laughs> me. <laughs> but like Njoku, you watch him and you're like, man, that's like a a big dude who moves in ways that big dudes shouldn't move. Like he yeah. I love David Njoku. I love him as an athlete. Um, I, I think that he's just like He's a good chain mover. Like I, I love what yeah. he does and how he works the middle of the field. Um, I'll buy that and uh, in hopes that maybe there's a little, uh, maybe there's a little fire. You know, he's facing his old quarterback with the Carolina Panthers. He also got paid. 
Like they also got paid. Day. Yes, follow the money. Yeah. What did you say? Wait. So what is what is Baker Mayfield facing? The Browns have to do with David and Joku. Maybe David and Joku. No, I'm just saying like David and Joku is David and Joku is like oh his, Michelle, you're a Baker Mayfield facing, fan, right? You you yeah. love you love Baker Mayfield. That's but David just, David and Joku is facing bad. his old quarterback. Oh, facing his old okay. The guy well, who ruined his career to start. Basically. I will yeah. I will say I, I I would start David and Joku. I think I'm fine with that. The Panthers um were you know, allowed the 10th fewest points per game to the tight end position last year, but things change from year to year. And I, that does, I just wanted to make sure they weren't like, like top three against tight ends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could see David and Joku scoring in this game pretty easily. So I'll give it to him. I'll, I'll start him. Awesome. Well, you guys made me very sad the last two uh, segments. So now it's my turn to listen to you guys <laughs> be sad. This next segment. <laughs> Yes, it's called Who Ruined Your Week, but we're going to go back a bit because there's no week to go back and ruin. We're going to talk about who ruined your entire season, the player that you thought was going to win you a championship and just didn't get you there. So I did the opposite. I did the player that I avoided and he ended up popping off. Oh, um, but I'll, I can talk about. Uh, yeah. So uh, you well, go yours, yours is technically like this guy. It works either way. Your... Either way. Yeah. However yeah. it hurts, it hurts. So I was very, very low on Debo Samuel going into last season. Super, super low. I thought his average up the target was too low. I thought he needed too many targets to be uh, good in fantasy. I thought Brandon Ayuk was the real deal. I thought I was going to have a monster season. Um, And I could not have been more wrong. Uh, And Debo Samuel destroyed uh, my soul because he was so good. I mean, every time he touched the ball, he he's so much fun to watch. And I loved watching him. And it hurt me that I didn't have him in any fantasy leagues or at least any redraft leagues. I will say Mike Williams was my dude and they were going around the same round. So I got Mike Williams. So it ended up being like a consolation prize, but definitely wasn't as good as if I had Debo. Yeah, that's a... That's a hard one to miss on. I also, you know, what's worse is I drafted Debo in like the sixth and traded him. Oof! Before the season started. Oh no! I traded him like after week two or something. Like uh, he was popping off. And I'm you, like, I'm gonna you, get everything for him. Yeah. Because like he played that game against the Lions and had that like breakaway, like messed up touchdown, and I was like, this is it, selling high, and then it just got worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, I, that hurt. I don't know how I would. Like, I, I'll how do you face the person that you you saw you traded him to? No, I'll share a Ooh. nightmare story for Kate. You you say your thing first. So I actually um in my home league, which is actually a Florida league, I have to go uh, draft next week. Um, I am known as like the trade guy. I trade twenty four seven. My phone's always on. I made thirty trades last season in that league. Damn. So. Like when I'm like, like, I don't leave my draft. And I'm like, I got my guys. I will go trade for my guys and like dig my heels in. Yeah. So, Love that. Yeah. Until you trade away Dio Samuel. And Until then I trade yes. Well, I've done it a few times. It's been a couple of times. Like I traded away Le'Veon Bell once right before he was at RB1, Debo Samuel. Like it just happens a lot. But I for mean, every time that you like sell a guy a little bit too early, there are those those players that like you cash in on at the right moment. Abs- so absolutely. We have to will, carry a positive spin here. Yeah, yeah. I will say the trade that haunts me the most is the one I didn't make. I was offered Todd Gurley for Jay Ajayi and oh. like some player. Right, like fresh off oh, of Gurley's terrible no. season, Ajayi was supposed to be what Todd Gurley turned out to be, and I was like, "No, I'm not trading Jay Ajayi for that piece of trash, Todd Gurley." <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, that sucked. There was one time Kate drafted Patrick Mahomes uh, before the 2018 season in no, a redraft league, but she drafted two quarterbacks. She picked Patrick Mahomes in the last round. She didn't pick a kicker, right? So then, before Week One, oh. she had to drop somebody. <laughs> to pick up a kicker and she dropped Patrick Mahomes. He had a really bad week one matchup. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I no. planned to pick him up after that because no, you were never gonna get no, him again. Whoever it was that I drafted, I think it might have been Carson Wentz. Um oh no. Had I don't know. I feel like that would have been better uh, yeah. for some reason. But like <laughs> whoever it was that I drafted had a really good week one matchup. 
And I was like, you know what? If anything else, I will drop Patrick Mahomes and get my <laughs> kicker. And then he's going to have a terrible week one. And then I'll figure out who I want to drop next week. And that did not happen. This He's is why you shouldn't have kickers. Since. This is why leagues shouldn't have kickers. Like, get <laughs> abolish kickers. They're terrible. I hate them. Yeah. Yeah. But it's... Kate, who ruined your season? Not just in 2018. How about last year? Who? who... Uh, TJ Hawkinson. Ugh, I was all in. And I was like trying to, I was trying to think because you sent over the show sheet to us. And I was like, you know what? Who was I all in? Because feels like several like four to five years ago that we were drafting in 2021. So I was like, let me look through my Twitter. And I was like, who was I high on? Who was I high on? I was like, I feel like I was pretty high on TJ Hawkinson. And I looked back at my tweets and I was like, oh God. Oh, we God. had a debate between TJ Hawkinson versus Mark Andrews. Yeah. Um, and, oh my um, God. Yeah. Clearly I won that. Uh, but after week one, don't worry. Kate was all, cause TJ Hawkinson had the massive yeah, game. Yeah, of course. And he does every week that. one. She was He's, gloating nonstop. Like, I was right. I was right. Well, you okay. were so wrong. So TJ Hawkinson is the Sammy Watkins of tight ends. Hey. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, cool your horses. Cool your horses. Yeah, is know. that a thing? Cool my horse. <laughs> slow your cool slow your, your jets horses? and slow and yeah, hold your horses. <laughs> cool hold, down, hold. fan off your horses. Um, TJ Hawkinson, <laughs> he was the tight end four in 2020, and he was the tight end seven in points per game last year. Uh, it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel, it doesn't like, feel that, like that. But that. Michelle, he was banged up literally all season long. I was looking back. Are you trying at, to make the case for us to get back on the Hawkinson train? Oh crap! I'm gonna talk myself into him. Honestly, don't so, like, don't. It's the week one. Was, he, he scores like 30 points, and then it like just skews everything. Well, so last preseason he was dealing with a shoulder injury, then uh, had a knee sprain. He didn't which ask he suffered. you to make excuses. He well, just no, but stop making excuses. <laughs> no, but I'm like talking about why I might be interested in him again. TJ and, Hawkinson is not sponsored by the Fantasy by Committee podcast, <laughs> just so everybody knows. He sponsors everything for me. I like, I, I, I have a problem. Um, cause as I was doing this research and I was like, Ooh, that hurt, that hurt, that hurt, that hurt. Um, which like, honestly he hurt cause he had a lot of injuries, but, uh, you know, for as disappointing a season as he had in 2021, I don't know. I'll probably end up with more. You're ready to get hurt again. Hawk. Yeah. I'm ready to get hurt again. And, <laughs> I'm going to hope that he's just had like a bad run of luck and just like the end. I, cause I do think it's, it's injuries for me. Like, I, I think that's, um, that's a big problem for him. Cause he's just, he always feels banged up, um, suffered a knee injury ahead of week five last year. And then never was really TJ Hawkinson again after his really hot start. So yeah, I'll do it again. All right. Damn well, it. When Darn you're on it. here, when if you're on here next season and we're doing this exact same segment, be prepared to be <laughs> and I can talk about TJ Hawkinson again. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just save my notes. I'll be like, so we're talking about TJ Hawkinson this whole show. Uh, this is an intervention. Um, all just right, get a new drop for me, like a new segment intro, a new segment drop, uh, some It'll graphics, like, like how TJ Hawkinson ruined Kate's life. Um, yes. So, all right, let's uh, let's talk about the guys you're going on on a ledge on. This year, I don't have a jingle for this one, um, so we're just gonna I'm just gonna dive right. <laughs> in. Uh, who is your guy? Maybe like not Jonathan Taylor, but like who's your guy? This Man, year? that's who I research. I'm kidding. So I have a bunch of them this year. I was trying to pick which one. Like I have Cortland Sutton, but I feel like a lot of people are in on him. But I do have him as my wide receiver seven. Like I am Whoa. really high on him. Yeah, that is, and then that's whoa high. says the guy who is Elijah Moore top ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's my 13th. I was just saying he may go top 10. No one thought Antonio Brown would either. So it's not like it's that unheard of. <laughs> uh, I also really love Travis Etienne. Like we said, I have him as a top 10 running back in PPR. Um, oh, what? I really like DJ Moore. But I landed with Trey Lance because I want people to know, like, this should be the only quarterback you're trying to get in fantasy leagues. Like if Jalen Hurts falls far enough, sure. Like love Jalen Hurts. I think he's absolutely amazing. Obviously I'd rather have Jalen Hurts than Trey Lance, but Trey Lance at his current cost is the best pick in drafts. He is like, he is this year's Jalen Hurts, right? Last year he played just two and a half games, averaged 21.6 fantasy points per game, 
over those two and a half games. It is the tiniest sample size, but that's kind of what we were working with last year when we're trying to decide, decide is Jalen Hurts a good fantasy quarterback. We had that four game, like three and a half game sample size from the year before. And it doesn't really matter if he's a consistent passer or not. People are like, well, he's not the best passer. He's not accurate. It does not matter. Jalen Hurts was the quarterback seven last year, and he had 16 pass touchdowns. Like, I think Trey Lance can throw more than 16 pass touchdowns. And he has better weapons this year. He, like, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle, like, all he has to do is get the ball into those guys' hands, and they're going to get him so many yards after the catch that go to him. And really what it comes down to is his rushing, right? Like, I just want right. him to run the ball a lot. Um, he ran seven <laughs> times in the one half that he came in. Um, the first time he came in, he ran seven times in one half, 16 times in his first start, and then eight times in his second start. So let's go on the lowest end there and just give him eight carries per game. That's 136 carries on the year. Quarterbacks with 120-plus carries in a season, there's been 12 instances of that over the last 10 seasons, and 10 of those 12 instances, that quarterback scored 20-plus fantasy points per game that season. And the only two times it didn't happen was Cam Newton in 2017, and then Cam Newton in 2020. He had eight pass touchdowns. Like, that's those are the only two times it didn't happen. The other 10 times, they all scored more than 20 fantasy points per game. Like, he's just such a lock. He's so safe he's so easy and imagine if he actually is a good passer and he has those bomb touchdowns because you know he will be like easiest fantasy quarterback of all time all right well you know what that's why the nfl's paying you the big bucks michelle right there like that that's selling right there that was amazing that was awesome like you sold me i have to raise trey lance in my rankings now yeah go do that he should be ahead of justin fields (laughs) He's not. <laughs> Nowhere close. I think I'm at like the 14th quarterback. Uh, Kate? You're going to want to up that. Yeah, just swap them out, actually. Mm-hmm. Like a one for one. Yeah, swap them out. Is That's yeah. pretty much how I have it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, my guy, I already talked about him a little bit, Damian Pierce. Uh, I made my bold prediction ahead of his big breakout in week one of the preseason, but I still feel like it, like the the kind of wave of initial hype has started to die down a bit, and I'm here to just kick it back up and just really I I'm gonna need everybody to get on the the train of respecting Damian Pierce, who I loved 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 coming out of college. Um, He was my RB three post draft, uh, just based on the talent, based on the opportunity. But if this guy came out of Florida and had had a bigger sample size of work. He probably would have been uh, drafted in the end of the first, second round, it, like yeah. somewhere in between there. Cause he was so freaking good at Florida, but he didn't touch the ball a ton, which was a problem in 2021. He led the FBS and PFF rushing grade ranked force fourth in missed force tackles per rush attempt. Uh, was explosive, ranked 10th in yards per route run among running backs. Like this guy was dominant. Every time he touched the ball, had 16 total touchdowns on the season and he ran the ball a hundred times. Like this dude was just so dominant and he comes in and there's virtually no competition. Um, we know the, the, the trajectory for the Texans has to go up, right? Like Last year, they ranked dead last in yards, 30th in offensive plays, like just did not did not work well. Um, I'm projecting some things turn around. I'm projecting some improvement in the offensive line. Well, uh, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they didn't have a good running back to help them. Right. Like you need a good running. You need a good running back in the NFL still to be a good offense. And it was Rex Burkhead who led the Texans in carries. Like <laughs> Rex Burkhead. That's so um, sad. 122 carries, 427 rush yards, and that led the team. Like, oh, it was so that was, garbage. That is so um, But, like, I, I think that what they've done in terms of uh, the offensive line, drafting Kenyon Green, and what they've done on defense um, in terms of the weapons they've drafted, they added Steven Nelson, who I think is a very underrated corner. Um, all of these things kind of package together and form a better formula for the run this year. And 
Damian Pierce, again, I think he is so talented. I think he was super underrated in the draft process just because of the limited sample size. And when we get a sample size, and I think we will get a nice sample size in 2022, uh, based on the fact that Lovey Smith left him out of uh, preseason game two because he already yeah. saw what he needed to see. Like, I think his role's carved, and I think that this is going to be not as gross an offense as we're projecting. So give me Damian Pierce. Yeah, you know what? And Lovey Smith is a real key for me with Damian Pierce is that Lovey Smith will feed his running back in every situation. I mean, we've seen him do it. So let's transition to our last thing. Uh, first off, Anyone listening to this, if you haven't listened to the Ball Blast, you gotta you gotta get over to the page. I'm dropping the link in the description so you can get over there. It's it's the best fantasy fantasy show on the internet right now. So I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. It's literally perfection. Oh, so you have to go and follow Kate, follow Michelle. I'm dropping their links in the description. So um, let's dive into. I want to get to know you, the people. A little bit more. So I'm going to throw rapid fire Q&A at you. If you haven't looked at the show sheet yet, good. That means it'll make you think on your toes. You ready for some Q&A? Yes. Do it. All right. This is going to be a quick answer for you. Just as right off the top of your head. Kate, Michelle, who's your favorite band or artist? Kelly Clarkson. Mayday Parade. What's your go-to karaoke song? Um, Oh, Always Be My Baby. I don't karaoke. What's your favorite like song? I've never karaokeed. You're singing in the car. What's your favorite car to, song to sing in the car? Um, uh, Adele, hello. I have no wow. idea. <laughs> Are aliens real? Yes. Uh, some form, not like the green ones, but yeah. <laughs> All right. What's if you could own any animal as a pet? What would it be? Oh, that's so hard. We have two dogs and two cats. I guess dog, but I don't want my cats to hear. Dog. I, would, I would just say my animals. Dog or cat? Dog my or animals. cat. I would no. own an elephant. So That's oh, badass. That's like you. a power move, Steve. <laughs> That's like a well, giant-ass power move. Yeah, I just love elephants. They're my favorite animal in the whole wide world. Like, I love dogs, too. So I guess if I had to have a dog, it would be a corgi. Uh, and then, other so than that, cute. an elephant. So it's like your, your answer is cool. But, like, I really just love dogs too much to not have one. Yeah, I just like think like that's a lot of poop for an elephant. Oh like, my I don't god! Wanna, yeah, have fun picking that up. I don't want to clean that up. Like you I already think that use it as fertilizer. It'll just be, it'll grow a garden. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, you know what? Thank you both so so much. We have reached the end of our show, so that is going to do it for us here this week. Everyone listening, please be sure to like, share, give everyone here on a follow on Twitter, comment on this podcast. Let us know your thoughts. I want you to be part of the committee and get in on the action. Michelle, Kate, thank you so, 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 so much. Ben, thank you for the music. And Triple Play, thank you so much for welcoming me into your family and letting me uh, bring this show. Guys, remember, bell cow running backs are great, but fantasy is meant to be a committee. So here at Fantasy by Committee, we believe it's never goodbye. It's just till next time. So till next time, Michelle and Kate, thank you so, so much. We're signing off. Have a great night. Bye, guys. Actually, bye, y'all. Cannot believe I didn't say bye, y'all. That's my... (laughs)